Good evening, everybody. Uh, this is Victoria Warfel with Hope Service Dogs. And today uh, we have a very special topic. I always feel like, uh, is it one of those 90s after school specials whenever I start that way? But you know, habits, they're hard to break. Um, so let's start with what we're going to talk about, and then I'll get into tangents, and then we'll get back to what we're going to talk about, because that's how we kind of seem to do things. Uh, we're going to talk today about service dog size, temperament, breed, and more. Uh, a lot of you guys have seen pictures of Raleigh, who is a seven-pounder. Um, it was actually her second boot camp uh, that she just finished up with us because they don't learn everything in five weeks, guys. It takes a lifetime of training to train up a service dog. So her owner had had her with us last year and then again this year. And uh, so she went home yesterday and... Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about small service dogs because that was chosen as the topic for the discussion today. Okay. Uh, but first some tangents. Let's see, what are we doing with the ranch here? Uh, we have our school starts in about a week and a half, our service dog school. Uh, we have, we were going to cap it at 12. <laughs> we got 25 people signed up. So we moved it from in my living room to outside under the carports. Uh, which is, we have two carports, a double and a, like a one and a half. And so we have plenty of room for everybody. And it's outside and it's Florida and it's February. And that's why we chose Florida in February is the weather's usually pretty decent. Uh, so we're, we're getting the carport cleared up. Uh, we want to do the chicken coop. It needs, we need a new chicken coop. Our chicken coop is dying. Uh, we have a whole bunch of baby goats on the ground. So that's super. We're down to three cows. Uh, but we got the fence, so around the entire property, so I have five, over five acres, five and a third. The whole property has chain link fence, right? The whole perimeter has a six foot chain link fence, which is great for dogs, not so great for thousand pound cows. <laughs> yeah, um, the cows have busted through it a few times, which is why we're down to three cows instead of the eight that we had a few months ago. Um, and then around the property, we have different areas fenced off and most of it is chain link fencing. Well, when we moved in around the house, is a fence just around the house. And so we call that our dog yard, our dog area. And the area between where we park, the carports and the house was a picket fence. Okay. It didn't look the greatest. And between Django or not Django, he wasn't with us between arrow and Rue, the picket fence didn't last very long. So we took that down a year ago, maybe a little longer. And we put up uh, hog fencing because we had the pigs, right? So we had all these hog fencing panels and we just put the hog fencing in and we removed the other. Well, the gate wasn't the greatest gate either because the wood picket fence just didn't last down here, right? So we've been working on that and working on that and didn't know what we wanted to do. We figured we probably wanted to chain link fence it, but then that's a lot, you know, that's more chain link fence. It's going to be new shiny chain link fence by the not new shiny chain link fence. And, you know... Just like how things go, just like how your dog goes, it's really easy to just kind of let it let it ride, right? And not do anything about it. But we knew we needed something done, uh, especially whenever we come in. So we have a driveway that's all in the fence too. You have to get up and open the gate and stuff and then pull through. Well, sometimes the dogs would go and meet us down there. Well, that's not good. And during group class or during privates, Rue would run around, you know, bust through the back and then come around to the front. And we didn't want that. So we got the chain link fence finally is all fixed um, and it's secure. 
Yay. We actually got, because it goes from the carport right in, so where there was one single floppity gate, now we have a double gate. So if we open up both of them, you can drive a car through it. So that's pretty neat. Um, and they did a fantastic job with that. So now we are secure. Uh, and then the other thing that we had to worry about was uh, we have three patios. <laughs> yeah, we have three patios and they're brick. Notice I said brick and not pavers uh, because they're actual just normal bricks. And when they, uh, when the original, well, not the original owners, when the people who owned it at the time that they put it down did it, they didn't level it. They didn't level the dirt. They just kind of put the bricks there. And the problem is they were getting all kerflumpity. And it was a trip hazard. So the insurance said, you need to fix this now. Uh, and it was on, our, again, it was on our to-do list. We had looked into it last year um, after we got the siding up. But, you know, like we had a priority of how we had to do things. So uh, that's what they're working on right now is, I think they actually might have just left, but I'm not sure. But working on uh, outside the bedroom door, <laughs> which had a, we had a, a slate slab and so he had had autumn put bricks on it to raise it up a little bit for zoe and then uh the office has a door that leads outside like right over there and it had a slate well that got buried in the dirt all the time you know in the sand more than the dirt and then we had a smaller patio so we extended out the patio that we usually meet people on and now it is huge we added Oh, probably two feet on one side and at least six feet on the other side. And it extends out to that doorway, which is really cool. So we have that whole area is now going to be a cement pad, which is awesome. As I believe I told you guys last week, my grandpa cemented his whole yard in Freeport, Pennsylvania, where I grew up at. So I kind of like the whole cement and idea. And then outside of our kitchen, um, the other side of the dog room was another wobbly a brick patio and that's where we sit on and watch the goats so we replaced that and we found I guess what we found whenever uh, they picked up those bricks is we found the uh, turnoff for the water for the house <laughs> it was buried under the patio so we had plumbers come out over the weekend on Saturday with group class and plumbers came out and took a look at it and said yeah this is what you do so then we knew what to do because I was like well can we even put the pour the patio pour the concrete down because that's where the water supply is and my, my genius husband says to me, Vicki, you can pour concrete around water lines. They do it all the time. And I'm like, I don't know, though. And he says, Vicki, we did it up in Wisconsin when my parents built the pool. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess that would make sense, wouldn't it? Um, so we, you know, he got the all clear for that. So we... Uh, you know, we were good to go. Uh, the guys had lifted up all the bricks and they were going to haul it out. And the guy says, you know, that is like 900 square feet of bricks. And if there's at least four to six bricks in a square foot, that's a lot of bricks. And bricks sell for like a buck a brick. So it's at least $3,000 worth of bricks, at least. And we would are going to have to pay to haul it away. I don't have to pay to haul it away. So he said about hauling it in his truck and he says it's going to take a long time and I really don't have a use for these would it be okay if I rented a dumpster says the contractor <coughs> well you know I try to recycle as much as possible and I'm like I really don't want it filling up a, a, the dump you know filling up a landfill for bricks when people can use the bricks so I had got a picture the, the day before of, of the pile of bricks and that was only like half the pile of bricks and I put it up on Facebook marketplace free bricks Sumterville 
And I had over a hundred people contact me. Everyone wanted to, wanted them. Oh, I want them. I want them. Right. Yeah. Out of that, we had, uh, I think like 10 people come out. One guy came out twice. So that would be 11 truckloads. Some of them had trucks. All of them had trucks. Some of them had trailers. Um, so some would fill up trucks, some would fill up trailers, but they were gone within, within a day they were gone. Cause we listed it at night and I'm not holding it for people. So that was kind of neat, you know, having all these people with a pain in the butt part was everybody um, texting, you know, what's your address? I want to come out. Are the bricks still available? So I just had something and just shooting it to everybody. But you know what? It was, it was a little bit of time. It was a little bit of work, but I saved all those bricks from going into a landfill and people got to use them who would have had to buy them anyway. So good karma things, right? Um, so the contractor was way happy that we got we got rid of all those bricks. And then they came today, and I'm telling you guys, it looks amazing. Now, it's not supposed to cure for like a month to fully cure. But we're supposed to, I think, be able to walk on it in about three days without having to worry about, you know, dogs scuffing it up or anything. So, uh, so yeah, so we have a, a pad here. And then the pad for the other connects to that patio. And then we have that patio. And then uh, once this is all set and good, uh, we're going to finish it, uh, you know, and remove the rest of the bricks on the property that are over here for it and probably do a, um, we have two gates to probably do uh, sidewalk paths to the gates, you know, make it nicer. Um, so it works out better, you know? But that's, that's been our fun and watching them pour the concrete today. It's like ice in a cake. You know, they dump it all in and they smooth it out and they're wearing these muck boots and they're kicking it around. And uh, But it's really neat watching. And we're going to be using at least the one patio during the service dog school in a week and a half. So that's, I'm like, how long is it going to take? Um, but yeah, that's been our fun. I have an ear infection. I always get ear infections. So I already had meds. So I've been dosing myself up. Um, and my throat's still coffee. Yay. Um, so we got some comments. Um, Amber Hadlock says, I've been watching your podcast for the past few weeks. So much good info. Glad I found your podcast show. And I was wondering, how do you ask questions in the podcast for a while? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you just ask on here. And that's how we do it. Jackie says, hi, hi. Um, Deb here. Deb says, Amber, post them in the comment section and I'll see them. Yep. And Jackie says, sounds like you made some exciting changes. You know, we have a, and Sue says she'll catch me later. Perfect. And we have even more exciting news. Um, so last week, last podcast, do you remember if my phone kept ringing like half a dozen times? Well, it turns out it was Melissa, who is the breeder of the Sweetheart Goldens that we're getting in for our breeding program. She is donating these beautiful health tested dogs to us for our breeding program to get hope started. So we were so thrilled what she was calling because one of them that she was going to send was at the vet while she cleared her OFA heart and she had her clearance for it. Um, she wanted better. So she took her in for get, get her echo and, and there was something that had come up. So she needed to talk to me about it. So that's what that is. So the dogs are on their way and we ended up swapping out that one for another one, Lucy, who looks a little like gypsy. And my mom always wants a dog named Lucy. So we finally are going to have a dog named Lucy. <laughs> So that should make her happy, super happy. Um, but we, they're on their way. They should hopefully arrive maybe tomorrow or Thursday. Uh, and then we can start putting pictures up of the new trio of dogs. And when the girls come into heat, uh, one should be coming in in about four months. And I don't know when the other ones do to come into heat. I have to ask Melissa. Uh, we can start breeding. 
So we could have puppies. Well, we not could. We will have puppies this year. Um, we should have probably two sets of puppies. Um, and then depending on how Rome is doing, Carolyn, because her two-year birthday is coming up, uh, we could have some poodle puppies too. Uh, golden poodles and then labs, either yellow labs or black labs. Those are my top recommended breeds for service work. Uh, and for Sue, I'll throw in two mixes of those. Um, doodle, uh, Labradoodles, um, Golden Doodles, you know, they, they've worked out very well. And, you know, sometimes you get the odd dog. Uh, my first service dog was a Siberian Husky. You know, I've had a Malinois, I have another Malinois in training. They're not breeds I recommend to anybody uh, for service work. And I get calls. I somehow have been getting a lot of calls. What do you think of Siberian Huskies as service dogs? And I say, no, 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 no. Uh, their first goal, their first love for Siberian Huskies is not to you and to make sure you're okay and to help you. Their first, first love, true love is run. Run as fast, as far as you can before you have to stop. And you don't want that for your service dog at all. You want to have a dog who is in tune with you, who, uh, you know, is, is there to, to help you, you know, and that's what they like to do. And that's why I like the labs and the goldens and the poodles, goldens first, goldens, poodles, labs, uh, is because they, they get that very strong connection with the owners. Um, yeah, other breeds too as well. I mean, males have a very strong bond with their owners. German shepherds do, but you get the whole shepherdy thing, <laughs> you know, and I have a Doberman and I'm going to be breeding her this year, providing she passes her heart, which she should and her eyes, which she should. But, you know, I'm telling you this, no, you know, with you knowing that I'm going to be breeding my Doberman, um, who is also working, she, she does fantastic for mobility for service work. But in my opinion, <laughs> uh, in my experience as well, the Goldens are, they're, they're the best. They're, they're just, they're awesome. I love the Goldens. Um, but that doesn't discount other breeds. It's just, if you're going to ask me, what's, what's the best, what are you going to recommend? It's those top three. It's golden retrievers, it's yellow and black Labrador retrievers, and it's poodles, okay? I like the standards just because you can get the little ones and they can have teeth issues, but it doesn't mean all of them. We had a fantastic dog, um, Ollie, and, and he was a little seven-pound uh, toy poodle. He wasn't a service dog. He could have been. He was flipping amazing. I love that dog. Um, you know, so they're not all ankle biters, guys. But that brings us to tonight, right? Um, oh, wait, Sue says she handed out Hope cards this week. That's awesome. So we do have Hope business cards in. So if anybody wants any Hope business cards, um, let me know. Um, don't text it. Don't post it here. PM me and let me know either through my personal Facebook or through Dream Dogs Facebook or through Hope's Facebook. And uh, we'll get those out to you. Um, some information there uh, because I do have a whole bunch in. <laughs> And Teresa says she's here on and off. Good. Uh, can you do some more shows on anxiety, uh, PT, PSD, psychiatric service dog task type of things? Yes. I can never spell psychiatric service dog tasks. Yes, we can talk about that. And, and Sue, right? The golden doodles. Uh, so golden doodles I like. And we've also had a couple Australian Labradoodles. Um, Peach was one, and then Victor's another one, and I really like them too. Like, they're super. So what you want to look for if you're looking for doodles is don't go with weird ones like um, a Malinois doodle. 
a Dober Doodle. Uh, you know, go with the Golden Doodle, go with a Labradoodle, go with an Australian Labradoodle, and go with one who they do the health testing. Because, guys, that's key. And I'll tell you more about that as the Goldens get settled, and I'll tell you what happened with Gypsy, because I've talked about it here and there. Um, but I haven't gone into full depth with it. Is it something that it still aggravates me, um, finding out that we can't breed her because of her hips? Um, but she passed her health testing the first time we did it, which is why we bred her. Um, but that her hips are de deteriorating. And, you know, from the breeder we got her from, this should not have happened. Um, so it it was very aggravating and frustrating. But anyway, back to tonight, which is service dog size, temperament, breed, and more. So service dogs can be any 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 breed. Any breed. From the littlest, tiniest, what, four-pound Yorkies are about the smallest breeds that I'm familiar with. Um, to the biggest, giantest dogs. Now, does that mean if I talk to you and I tell you Golden, Lab, and Poodle, and I usually don't say Lab, I usually preface it with Yellow or Black Lab because they have all different, like, Silver Labs, no. Chocolate Labs, no. How about the, the Phantom Labs that look like Doberman and Rottweiler markings? No, just stop it. Yellow and Black. Now, guys, look at what programs use. They use those for a reason. And yes, you can try to turn your Siberian Husky into a service dog. You're going to have a much higher washout rate. And if you put all this time and effort and hope into training up this one dog to be your service dog and that dog fails, now, Deb, you want to talk about it, right? Now you're back at ground zero. You don't have a service dog. Now you have to look for another candidate all over again. Not only looking for another candidate, but then you have to do all the training. You have to do all the potty training and you still have your other dog. So I want to set you guys for a success, up for success as much as possible. And how you do that is you start with the best dog you can get. And how do you know that? Because you want to look at the parent's temperament. You want to look at health testing that the parents had. Titles. I mean, any service dog worth of salt, I, I was, we had an eval today, I was telling the same thing too, should have the canine good citizens and should have at least an obvious trick dog title. If, if your dog is trained, those are super easy to get, especially for a service dog. So, so they should have those. Um, now having, <laughs> candy's in heat right now. So having a dog in heat and then having intact males in the house is not the greatest. Uh, so if that's your case, you have to ask yourself, well, do I want my female in heat? more than I want my male with nuts. You know, right now I want to have my male with nuts because he's not even a year old. He turns a year in like two weeks. And I want as much growth and strength in him as possible. And I'm talking about Django. I want him to be the biggest, strongest boy he can be. And for that, he needs to have access to his hormones, okay? And I don't want to neuter him any younger than I need to. Okay. Rue, we neutered at a year because one of his boy parts didn't drop. One of his nuts didn't drop. So he needed to be neutered. Uh, Django, I'm hoping we can get until two, but with these goldens coming in, like I cannot risk having a golden Malinois litter. No, thank you. Nor do I want a Dober Malinois litter. I don't. So we, um, Rich just drove around the house. I don't know what he's doing. Um, so, you know, those nuts will have to come off eventually uh, for Django here. But hopefully we can wait a year. I'm hoping we can wait a year. Uh, if we play our cards right, we can. Uh, so 
I'd like that a whole bunch. And then I'll neuter him. Gypsy, we need to schedule her spay. Um, she's two and a half now. I want to spay her before she comes into heat again. There's no sense putting her through that. And when do you want to spay a dog? Two months before or two months after? Maybe it's three months. We'll say two months. Um, they come into heat because it's when the hormone levels are at the lowest to make it easiest on them. So we called up one of the vets that we use here in town and it was ridiculously expensive to spay a dog. And I'm thinking with all the dogs who are bred and end up in shelters, it should be really cheap to spay and neuter your dog, especially spaying the girls. If you spay the girls, and not mandatory spay, I don't believe in mandatory spays, they're not going to have puppies. If you neuter all the boys but one, all the girls can still get knocked up. Because <laughs> that one could be really randy. Andy says, hello, hey Andy. So Andy was in my silver and gold Nipopo school. Group on Goldens and Doodles this Thursday at Everglades at 3 o'clock. That's awesome. Oh, I need to tell... Um, um, Augie's owner about that too. Let's see if I can copy this and paste it. Uh, Rebecca said, speaking of dogs, the pups I called about earlier didn't work out. Uh, they forgot to tell me the parents yip like crazy. The dogs looked like crazy. Even the parents. I was like, nope, I'm not. You know, Rebecca, I am so proud of you, girl, for doing that because a lot would have done it. Oh, I feel sad. Sorry for them. Or whatever reason. And that's not the right way to do it. You're a very smart girl to go um, to go with your head, right, and not your heart with it because it's very easy to go with your heart. Um, and, and what she was looking at was a Moyen poodle uh, today. So um, I don't know how far you are from Wisconsin, but check out, uh, I think it's BFF Dog Training. Uh, it's a friend of mine, Linda Cree, and she sometimes has poodles available. Uh, she's in Wisconsin, though. And I know you're not, <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah. And so she's looking at a small poodle, uh, not small, but 20 pounds, a million size, which is the smaller midsize, um, like a midsize SUV. But, uh, but yeah, that's there. That's great. Um, Tiana, I'm going through that. The same thing. I had to wash my Husky pup and I'm go going through getting a poodle pup. I do not regret getting her since she is an at home service dog, but I do understand what you mean by being careful getting a Husky. Yeah. And, and like I said, I, I see it a lot with, with it, and then you have to adjust. So having an in-home dog is great, but what happens if you need that dog to go outside with you? And you're like, but I'm really having a crappy day. So my choices are don't do anything or don't do anything in sleep because I can't function today um, because of my disability, because yay disability. Uh, okay, so, so back to Raleigh. So Raleigh's seven pounds. She's super awesome. I really love having her. She's one of our favorites every time she comes. Um, but she's, and her owner is just amazing. Super awesome owner. Um, I love her. And uh, we got to meet up with her yesterday at Epcot. She flew in. Okay, guys, you want to talk like, I don't live near Central Florida. I can't use you as a trainer. You know where her owner flew in from? Seattle to Florida to pick up her dog. And then she flew back that evening. Okay, guys, this is commitment. This is what I like to work with is <laughs> somebody who's super committed to having the best dog and to put her dog through two boot camps. Like, that's awesome. That's what we want is someone who has that level of commitment. Not only that, but Hades, same owner. Okay, and we have Hades for like six months. Because you need, you have to understand the dog. Now, one of the things with Raleigh that we were doing is we were looking to see 
where Raleigh was in her training and how she's handling it. And with, with everything, right. You know, it, it's still a lot for the dogs to handle. And one thing I noticed with Raleigh yesterday at Epcot, uh, we had brought Hades to surprise, surprise her owner. Um, we brought Hades and we had Raleigh with us there. We had both. Right. And, uh, and, and she's there and we're, we're sitting and we're talking, we're filling her in on how, how Raleigh had been doing in boot camp and, and how Hades has been. Uh, uh-uh. uh, and, uh, all these people are coming up to us. They're interrupting our conversation, which like, really, like there's a group of us. Cause it was me and Luke, it was the owner. And then like three or four family members. Right. And, and they're coming up to us and they're asking, you know, what breed is that? What breed is that? What breed is that? Thinking, you know, she's a he, which like it usually doesn't bother people. Like if I call a dog a he and the person gets very angry that it's a she, like don't even go there. Um, but it was just weird. It, it uh, one, a guy, I think it was a guy, one guy, she's walking, miss, 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 wait up, wait up, miss. What? Like maybe something fell. What, what type of dog is that? What breed is she? Like, seriously, people, you know, you're, you're not just coming up to me and asking me, you're making me put what I'm doing on hold to answer your question. Does it matter? You know, like she's a cute little dog with piercing blue eyes. She's a, a toy Aussie or a, a, what, what else? American Shepherd. I don't know. Miniature. I said, call her a teacup. And so someone, someone asked what type. And she says, well, she's a toy Aussie. I said, yeah, mixed with the Great Dane, but the toy Aussie genetics were stronger. And the people looked at me and I'm like, you know, with Django, I'll sometimes tell people he's a Belgian Shepherd. And they look at me real funny. And I'll sometimes say he's a Malinois. And then they'll look at me and they'll say like Malomar. No, Malinois, there's a difference. So, you know, you have fun things that are going on, right? But, but people have to understand that my job here is to have fun at Disney and is to work the dogs at Disney and not to answer all the questions. And I asked her, I said, do you get this a lot? And she said, all the time. And she actually said she has cards for her dog, which I've mentioned before, have cards done up for your dog if you want. And it saves the questions. So, you know, you can have, hi, my name is Raleigh. I'm a toy Aussie. I weigh seven pounds. I have a big job. There you go. Here's my Instagram and here's my trainer. <laughs> That's what we like to see on it. You know, um, especially the trainer part of it. Ding. Um, but it's, it's different. Now, one of the things you have to watch for are feet. Ah, yeah. Seven pound dogs can be very cautious around feet and not like them. So as crowded as Epcot was, because it's the art festival, which I have decided is my favorite festival, the art festival there, it was super awesome. And I'd love to get again. And I don't think I will. And it ends at the end of the workshop or at the end of the service dog school. Uh, so I don't think I'll get down to it this year with Rich. It'll have to go next year, but we'll have to go a whole bunch next year. Um, unless I can talk him into going maybe Thursday or Friday. But anyway, so we... Um, you know, we, we, we had her and she walked beautifully through the crowd. You know, she, she did great. A lot of times with the small service dogs, we teach them center. 
so they go right between our legs if need be. So then if we're standing and like a parade's going by, you center and the dog goes right between your legs. Um, you have to get them used to carts and, and buggies and strollers because they're not wheelchairs. You've got to watch wheelchairs. You know, if I run over Candy or Django's foot or even Gypsy's foot with the wheelchair, it's bad, but it's not as bad as if it would run over Raleigh's foot. Um, but the nice thing with the little ones is they are way more travel size. They eat way less. They poop way smaller. You can pee pad train them for the trip across the country from Florida to Seattle. You can pee pad train them to make that so much easier. Whereas if I tried to pee pad train one of my big dogs, they're going to soak how many pee pads because they're giant. Meds aren't going to cost as much. Food isn't going to cost as much. Gear is wicked cute for the little ones. Oh my gosh, Raleigh has ears. You know, the um, not Disney ears, but the protection ears. She has Disney ears too. Um, She has eye goggles. Like they're the cutest things whenever they're like this big. Oh my gosh, I don't even have those for my dogs. Um, but, but size, depending on what it is that you need, sometimes a small dog is exactly what you need. And it makes life easier because they're smaller and their travel size and they're more compact. So medical alert. Yeah, you can do service dog. You can do a small dog for medical alert. You know, your dog doesn't have to be 100 pounds to do gluten alert for you. Your dog can do that at 7 pounds as long as he has a good nose on him. So don't get a pug with a smushy face. Don't get a dog who doesn't have a nose. Get a dog with a nose on him. And it might work. Um, if you need, now if you need deep pressure therapy, they can't, but they can do a light pressure therapy. They can do a little bit of grounding. They can do some distraction. They can do uh, alerts. Um, what can't they do? They can't do any weight bearing mobility because <laughs> they're little. Um, I've had some people where they just, they just need to have something in their hand, you know, attached to the dog to help with balance. Little dogs work out just fine for that. As long as you don't trip and fall on them, you're good to go. Um, so size, it doesn't matter. Now, one of the problems, if you get a dog who's too big, first, any dog, you have to watch their weight. Okay, you don't want them to get chunky monkeys. Uh, and that goes for seven pound dogs, that goes for 170 pound dogs, and 70 pound dogs, and 47 pound dogs. But anyway, you, you don't want them to get fat, right? Because then it's going to hurt their joints, it's going to hurt their, their workability, they're going to tire out faster. Um, so if you have a dog who doesn't work, who's really obnoxious, maybe you super feed them. No, I'm kidding, don't do that. Uh, but you have to watch. Now, these big dogs, it is really difficult to fly with a big dog. You know, um, Candy's just about 60 pounds. Django's 60, or Django's 80. Arrow was 60 to 65. Django was 80 last time I weighed him. Um, Gypsy's 60 to 65. You know, she fluctuates between there. So we have, um, you know, like it works for us. They can, I haven't flown with Django since he was three months old, but you can get them underneath the seat in front of you. You know, they, they can have a nice tuck and a nice curl. And it works on a plane. Um, hey, webinar time. How are you? Doing good. Um, you, you can do that. But if you had a 100 plus pound dog, that's going to be way harder to do. You're not going to be able to have that dog tuck as easy. And airlines are really battening down the hatches on... Uh, your dog cannot encroach on another person's space. You know, you don't get a free ticket. So then you have to buy a second ticket to fly with your dog at the both feet. So there's things that you have to keep in mind for that. Um, if you want to get a giant dog, plus a giant dog, way shorter lifespan. You know, if, again, any hundred plus pound dog has a shorter lifespan than an under hundred plus pound dog. Uh, 
it's going to take longer for their joints to uh, not to stop growing growth place to stop there you go that's what i mean um, it's going to take longer for that to happen uh, so some dogs their growth plates are done in a year other dogs it's two years other dogs it's past that how do you know you go to the vet and you get x-rays done they can see if the growth plates are are still open and if the growth plates are still open you can't do any weight bearing mobility on them okay uh, because it could hurt them and even full size everyone wants to get a great dane for mobility Okay, because it, I, you're not the only one who's thought of it, right? Here's the problem with Great Danes is most times they have about a six to eight year lifespan. Uh, it takes a minimum of two years to train up, especially for weight bearing mobility with a Great Dane. You're talking longer than that. Uh, so then they work for two years and then they're retired for two years and they're gone. So you're putting all this work in for two years of work and you cannot put weight down on a dog, weight bearer on a dog while the dog is in motion. It's, it's not right. It's not safe for the dog. It's not safe for the dog's muscular and bonature structure. Um, you know, you don't want to do that. You can't do that. Um, now, if you have a harness and you're like holding onto the harness, but if you're really like, it's not a crutch, you can't use it as a crutch. Um, and with the little dogs, one of the things that Raleigh's owner said yesterday, and I never even thought of this is, one nice thing with Raleigh is people can't do drive-by pets because she's so low to the ground, right? People can't go, oh, what a nice dog and bend over and pet her. Whereas whenever I walk one of the standard size dogs, see, I didn't say normal. I caught myself. Uh, one of the standard size dogs, people will often just reach their hand down and pet the dog as they walk by. What the heck is wrong with you? Stop doing that. It's not your dog to pet. Um... So we, um, so we want to make sure that you get the right dog for your needs. Uh, I was talking with Rebecca today, just brief over text because <laughs> super busy day. It's been a super busy couple weeks, but um, super busy day today. And you know, she said a twenty pound poodle would work out really good for her. Well, that works. You know, if she says no, a twenty pound pug is like my ideal service dog because I'm so active. A pug is not the right dog for for that. Now, if you're like, I want an emotional support pug, and I just want him to, like, cheer me up, a pug is going to be perfect. And if you have any questions about that, you can ask Larissa, because she was involved in pug rescue, and she has a bunch of pugs. It's pugrific at her house. So, Anjanette says, hey. She says, that's right. It's not uh, about convenience. It's the commitment to what to get what you need. Kudos to the owner. Yeah. Um, Tiana says she wanted a small dog, but her... She needed mobility and that overruled that. So with that, Tiana, too, sometimes a tall dog can be lightweight. Okay, what, what, what do you mean? Um, poodles can be very leggy, but they don't weigh a lot. Dobermans can be leggy and not weigh a lot. You know, you've seen Candy, who looks like a badass in her boldly designed harness. Candy weighs 58 to 60 pounds. That's not that big. I can use her for mobility. Okay. And trust me at even 60 pounds, you know, she's not one third of my size. Okay. And we just leave it at that. Okay. I don't do weight bearing mobility. I am always very conscientious of how much weight I put on a dog. I need him for brace. And even Django's learning this. He, how does he learn brace at this age? Didn't you just say no weight bearing mobility? Hi, yeah, I did. 
I don't put weight on him. It is for balance, not pushing down on. And I know what I'm doing because haha, I'm a professional. So we, we'll do that. We'll do um, momentum pull. We'll do counterbalance. Or momentum pull, counterbalance. Um, we can do some guide work, depending. And this is something, holy cow, it happened. We were at Star Tours last time. We were at Star Tours. And it was amazing because it was with the whole new movie. Like, it was a whole new, like show that you got to go through, right? It was super. And when you go with a service dog, you have to go down this aisle and sit and then you do rider swap, but you sit there. Okay. And if they create, they create you on the other side. I mean, they create the dog and you do it and then you go and pick up the dog. So we've created once, I think it was Gypsy, Gypsy or Arrow. It was Gypsy. And Rich went and got them afterwards because that was before I was in a chair. And, uh, and this time we're, we're going down that passageway that and the the lights were so bad and I've never had this happen before I had to shut my eyes and walk feeling the wall because opening them up and I'm just getting so flipping dizzy it was unreal okay and like I said never ever happened to me before except for that time uh so guide yeah guide would be really nice so what do I do I had Django out this weekend and we went to McAllister's in the eight and we're working while we're waiting for the food, um, up and down the sidewalk and doing some off leash stuff and doing some drop leash stuff and just doing turns and heels and sits and, you know, stay with me and come. And then we go to Publix to see what gluten-free stuff they have at Publix because I don't get to Publix all the time because, you know, crazy busy. And while we're at Publix, he's wearing his borrowed harness from Hades and, you know, working on forward forward and he pulls into the harness just like a harness is meant to be okay um talking to somebody today and I said the only tool I really don't use is a no pull harness because harnesses are meant to pull uh and that's why I use so he's learning forward so he can forward and he'll pull into it you know click and reward forward pull 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 into it click and reward like I want this this is what forward means uh working on a block why do I want to block? Well, if I'm standing looking at something on the shelf, you can block right in front of me. And then you're out of everybody's way. And I don't have to worry about you getting run over by a cart. So some things that we teach, we teach even though it's not like I don't need the block to keep people away from me. I need the block. So there, I need cover. Where do I need cover? I need it for whenever I'm in an elevator. I enter an elevator and my dog goes right behind me to stay out of everybody's way. It's a cover position. I'm not using it as that. I'm using it <coughs> to sandwich in between me and the elevator wall. Because for me, that works. And Jeanette says her gold is 84 pounds. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, they can be. And they can be fat or they can be fit. So here's the other reason why I don't like the guidelines for mobility dogs is what's it supposed to be? Somebody said, it, like, oh, it's supposed to be 130 your weight. Okay, well, he didn't make it quite. So I'll just fatten him up some so he hits that weight. Oh, stop it. That's not right. Um, so what tasks? What other tasks? What could you do for a small dog? Um, we had one. Technically, it was a mobility dog. A. She was technically a mobility dog. Her owner had rheumatoid arthritis in her hands. And so she couldn't pick things up if she dropped them on the ground. But she could pick them up if it was in the dog's mouth, which was like three inches off the ground because it was a, what was it? A Frenchie, I want to say. I think it was a Frenchie. And so she could pick it up there. And and she really, you know, she needed it for more, more at home. 
but you know, sometimes need it while she's out too. But she couldn't, you know, if she dropped a pen or she dropped a fork or whatever, she couldn't pick anything up. So she couldn't pick a fork up at home. You know, she couldn't pick up a pen up, you know, or small things up. So dog had all her training. All we needed was the task stuff. So we taught her to pick it up. We also taught her, again, rheumatoid arthritis really bad in the hand. So we taught the dog to lay on the hand to help warm it up, which would help with, um, you know, being able to use the hands more. So technically we taught a maybe Boston Terrier. Frenchie or Boston, one of those ones. Um, we, we trained one up technically for mobility since it was to help her her hands be more mobile, I guess. Um, but, you know, it, it's that's the nice thing with the individually tasked trying to mitigate her disability. Uh, whenever it was that one was one of the, the options, she was like, oh my gosh, that would be amazing. Had we done that before? No. I mean, we've done DPT, we've done light pressure therapy, we've done place, so we just kind of put it all together. And if it was a program dog, would we have been able to do that? Likely not, because it was a really custom thing to her instead of like, let's just train these dogs up for this and see how it goes. But it worked out really good. Um, you know, really good for her. Retrieve, yeah, little dogs can do retrieve. And the nice thing with the little dogs, especially if you're in a wheelchair, they can jump right up into your lap and give it to you. Raleigh, no, I have a Jeep, uh, a Jeep Wrangler, right? It's a four-door Jeep Wrangler. And Raleigh could jump from the ground into the back seat of the Jeep Wrangler. Like, boing! She's part kangaroo. Gypsy won't even do that. We have to lift Gypsy in and lift Gypsy out to the back seat of the Wrangler every single time, which is why I like Richard to come because then he gets to do it. Um, but, you know, little dogs, they can, they can boing right up there. Uh, we were working at Epcot yesterday, working on Hades, and Raleigh putting paws up on me, getting into DPT onto me for, for Hades. Uh, you know, Raleigh would get up on my foot footstool on my chair and, and put her little paws up on my knees or be on the ground and put her little paws up on my legs, you know, so they can retrieve, they can deliver, they can do alarm alerts. So that's one of the things that we've been working on with them. And why do you want an alarm alert? Is it because you're hearing impaired? No, it's because my alarm is set to go off when I need to take my meds. But if my phone's back here charging, I might not hear it. And I might not have my watch on, so I want my dog to just come and get me whenever the alarm goes off. It's legit, right? It sounds good. It works. Especially in combination with others. If that's your dog's only task, eh, but it's still, if it mitigates your disability. Um, you know, who are you to, to say? Which is a fun sound to make if you haven't made it lately. Uh... So sound, oh, little dogs are great for hearing dogs because they're, they're yappy barky dogs anyway because any sound sets them off, so then you know. Uh, but, but they are. You know, the only thing they really can't do is, like I said, is that weight-bearing stuff. You might not want them if you're in a wheelchair because you want a dog who be a little bit intimidating. That's where maybe a black lab would come in. That's the Doberman as well. Because people in chairs, as I'm talking to some different ones, they could be very, you know, I might get to take advantage of if I'm out late at night. But if I had a Doberman at my side, everyone's going to leave me alone. That's very true. That's very, very true. Um, so service dogs come in all sizes. But we, when we recommend, we want to recommend on the side of luck, not the side of fingers crossed and hoping on a dream and a wish and a star um, that it's going to work out for you. Um, and what tasks do you need your dog to mitigate? So that's, that's the big one. What tasks do you need? Um, 
you know, if, if, if all I needed was, okay, dysautonomia, right? And Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. So what do I have my dogs do? And they all have different things that they do. Like one doesn't do everything. I don't take them outside together. Like I only will take one dog at a time, but Gypsy is great at picking things up and handing them to me. She is great at, she will get underneath my legs to raise up my legs to get the blood flow back into my core and into my body. Okay. That's one we could come up with. Uh, those are her favorites, you know, and she's great at just under. Um, but that retrieve, that picking up. So if I'm super dizzy and I can't bend over, that's really nice to have that pick up in hand to me. Um, she'll carry things in her mouth. She'll fetch things. It's her big thing. She's a golden retriever. Use what the breed naturally does anyway, guys. Retrieves. Um, candy mobility. No retrieving yet. We're building, uh, Autumn and Rich have been building mostly Autumn. Our take and hold stand that we needed for the service dog school at the end of the month. So that should hopefully be done tomorrow. Um, at least mostly done by tomorrow. So we can start playing with that. And for that, the retrieve is, is much easier to train that way. So we're going to work on Candy's retrieve there because I really would like her to have a retrieve as well as brace, counterbalance, forward momentum pull because she is really good at those. She's like the queen of it. Um, but pick up, she doesn't do yet. Uh, Django, I want him to do everything. He's kind of getting the pickup. You know, I love my oops pickup. Um, he's kind of getting it, not a hundred percent yet. Um, he's getting, he's big enough for mobility. He's bigger than candy is. Um, so if we can get him doing those, he's also naturally alerting. Naturally, I say, ha 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 ha. And Gypsy can, she just, she just likes to pick up. That's her just favorite. Um, so I need to work with her on her alerting a little bit more. Um, candy. Yeah, she's alerted a few times. She has. So they've all got some alerting down, which is nice. And then we need to have that response afterwards. And my response, um, we are putting together a little pouch for the uh, electrolyte supplement and the vitamins to take with it. And it has to have a water thing in it. So we're putting together a pouch for those. And it'll be the response will be to go get that for me. Okay, so medical alert can have a medical alert medical response to your medical emergency and medical recovery for what you do after. And the problem is if you just train the alert, what's the response? What are you going to have the dog do for you? And if you just train the alert and the response, well, after the dog does his job, he's going to get frustrated with you because you're not listening to him and he's probably going to bark at you. So you need to train all three, a medical alert response and recovery to get the dog to work at his fullest potential. Even if the recovery is I want you to lay down beside me. I want you to go into DPT. I want you to lay down and put your head on my foot. Okay. Does that make sense? I hope so. Cause I need a break. Uh, Tiana says I have, um, pots and because of that lavender is a trigger for migraines. So is there a way I can do smell detection to have my pup learn to guide me out of the room when they smell lavender? Sure. Yep. You can definitely do that. Shall I use that as an example today? Um, that you can have your dog alert to lavender. Uh, yeah, you can train your dog anything like that. Um, now your dog has to have a nose for it and to be able to sniff out. But here's the problem, Tiana, <coughs> is you need to have that smell for the training to occur. Uh, so if you don't like the smell of smoke and so, you know, because it triggers, um, or for me, you know, it's that acetone at the fingernail places. Oh my gosh, that makes me loopy. Um, you know, the smell of lavender, anything like that, but you need to have access to samples of that 
so you can train your dog with how to do it. And that's too where the boot camp comes in. Um, another great thing for the boot camp is <laughs> because I've got dysautonomia really good, um, I can usually get the dogs to alert um, pretty decently, especially if I'm going through one of my wonky times, which I have been for the last year. Um, I can usually get that really good for them, um, which is nice because then you don't have to deal with it. You just have to keep it up once I teach it. Okay. Um, what is your favorite size? If, if you could have any size dog, I've always wanted a tall dog because I'm tall and I always end up with these really short dogs. Um, and it's nice that Django and Candy are tall enough that I can use them for, you know, counterbalance momentum pool. Um, Arrow was a wee bit short. He was 24 or 24 and a half at the Withers. Candy's about an inch or so taller and Django, I actually have to measure because I haven't measured in a while. Um, but I, even though I, you know, when we get Great Danes in, I don't want a Great Dane. They're too big. They're way too big. Um, and again, they take up way too much room. So Django at 80 pounds is decent. You know, I love Goldens. They're my favorite. If I could just have one breed of dog for the rest of my life, it would be a Golden Retriever. Uh, male or female, doesn't matter. Just give me a Golden. Okay. But think about that. Think about what you need for your disability and how your dog can mitigate that disability based on, you know, the size. So you might love nothing more than a really cute chow chow because, or the Samiids, right? Oh my God, they're adorably cute. Is that morally, consciously, ethically a good thing? I live in Florida. I'm not getting a dog with that much coat. Um, Boo, we found whenever we were up in Maryland at a park, <laughs> got her and trained her up, right? Uh, when she passed away, I was friends with a, a good um, Siberian Husky breeder down in Gainesville here. And she asked me if I wanted a another Siberian Husky. Uh, and I told her, no. I said, not in Florida. You know, not for service dog in Florida. You know, I just, I can't do that to them. Because they love it whenever it's cold outside and they don't want to come in. And uh, I, I can't do that to a service dog who has to be out in public with me in the summer and everything else. Uh, I like Candy not having a coat and not having a tail. That's fantastic. Um, you know, I like I like Django's size. Um, he's very needy because he's a Malinois puppy. Um, and he's got to stop that. Uh, but Gypsy's just, she's my favorite, but don't tell them. And then, of course, we have uh, Zoe and we have Rue. And they have their 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 positions too. Uh, one thing I have to look at with having a service dog is I have so many people who ask me um, what you know what type of dog is that because I want to get one. Uh, and I'm like, no, you you don't want you don't want a Malinois. We were at uh, where were we? Well, what's that hotel? The Coronado uh, at Disney with Arrow a while ago. We stayed there a few times with them because I really like the Coronado. And we're waiting at the bus stop and a mom and a, and a family and the baby had a little baby in the stroller. And What type of dog is that? And I said, oh, he's a Belgian Malinois. Oh, you know, I, I like him. He looks really nice. I'm like, thank you. You know, he's uh, however old he was and, and what he does. And uh, Oh, well... I think we want one of those because look how good he is right there. He's just so good. 
No, you don't want one of these, especially with kids. You know, no, no, look how calm he is. Like, he's calm because he's working. Like, I'm a professional. This is what I do. No, get a golden. Get a golden for your family. Trust me, you'll be happier. So, um, service dog size, temperament, breed, and more. That's it um, for today. I am going to go. Um, they were at the store. We're doing tacos. So, when we left Epcot yesterday, we went on to Colonial instead of getting on the Turnpike. What we've been doing lately is getting on to Colonial and stopping at like a slushy or getting some coconut water or whatever. And we stopped at Taco Nortino, I think. It's right by Wings of Winter Garden, um, which we stopped at a couple times after my hoo-ha doctor. Uh, my cancer hoo-ha doctor who's in Orlando would stop there because I always want wings afterwards for some reason. <coughs> right? It makes sense, right? So but we've never stopped at this taco place. So that's what Luke wanted. So we stopped there. It was so good. And, uh, and so he said to me, he wants to make tacos today. And he was even such a good kid, right? We, we had ordered some chips and queso because we hadn't eaten anything all day. We'd had a Starbucks iced um, or frozen chai, which is the best. But we, we get there and we ordered the chips and queso and he ordered tacos and I ordered ponchos, which are like a nacho chip with baked stuff on top of it. It's super good. Uh, but we got the chips and queso, so we're eating them. And he says, Mom, these these chips look white. I think they might be flour tortilla chips instead of corn tortilla chips. And I can't do flour tortilla chips with the gluten. Um, I can have corn tortilla chips only. I said, ruh bro. And so he asked the, the girl who was bringing out the food, and he says, uh, are these flour or are these corn tortilla chips? And she said, they're corn. And he said, okay. So I thought that was super that my son asked for me. I'm like, you know they're growing up when that happens. Um, but yeah, so gluten-free now for three weeks, I think. I don't think it's been four weeks lately. Yeah, let me pull up the calendar and I'll see. Um, when did I go to the doctor? Oh, the 13th. So one week, two weeks in January, three weeks. It's been four weeks. It has been a month of gluten-free and guys, I feel amazing. I love it. Um... And if you want to know more about being gluten-free and how amazing you will feel from it, there is a fantastic South Park episode called Gluten-Free Ebola, and you must watch that. You must watch that multiple times. It's part of your homework, okay? No, seriously, though, um, check out our... Ooh, got some hope news. You ready for some hope news? Other than the fact that we're getting dogs in, so keep... Uh, watch our Instagram, Hope Service Dogs. Watch our Facebook at Hope Service Dogs. And uh, follow us, like us, share us. Um, we're going to have some exciting giveaways coming up. Do you want a sneak peek at the giveaway? One of them? Yeah. That was your sneak peek. You want another sneak peek at another giveaway? Yeah. Yeah, fun, right? I'm sneaky that way. You want another one? Wink. Um, I'm sorry, they make weird noises. But yeah, so we're going to have some giveaways on Instagram. So check that out so you can participate in it. Um, we are going to do that. We have shirts. We have shirts on um, Teespring. So how do you get to that, you ask? Go to our website, which is hopeservicedogs.org, and scroll all the way to the bottom of the page, which is called The Footer. And we have links in there. Or you can hit on the donate page. Um, Amazon Smile. You can choose Hope Service Dogs, and we would love you even more if you chose Hope Service Dogs as your charity to benefit. And then every time instead of going to Amazon.com, go to smile.amazon.com, and you will get to donate uh, for not doing anything other than shopping at Amazon, right? If you have not done 
Chewy, and you want to do Chewy, we have a link on our donate page on the website, hopeservicedogs.org. And Patreon, we have some exciting, amazing, super awesome prizes um, that we're giving away for the different levels of sponsorship. Um, and we're going to maybe be tweaking those up some. So if there's something that you'd like to see, let us know soon because, you know, time. Um, otherwise, thank you for listening. Um, subscribe to us. Like us, share us, tell all your friends, and tell people who aren't even your friends about how cool we are. And all the information you learn by me talking, which is one of the things I like to do best. And until next week, guys, give your dog puppy kisses and puppy snuggles. And remember, I'm going to be getting the golden soon, so I'm very excited. See ya. Don't forget to give us that five-star rating for our podcast. Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any episodes. And be sure to tell your friends.